1: hello and welcome to cinematic universe a podcast all about comic book movies and tv i'm your host joe cunningham and joining me are james Hunt and reese williamson uh so we are getting together to talk about all of the uh comic book movie news over the past month um but we're we're also going to start with a couple of the things that we um have been talking about over on the patreon feed and um Probably a good chance for the three of us all at the same time to talk about Ms. Marvel because um, we've been breaking that down week by week over on Patreon. Um, except,
2: <laughs> you say you say we yeah, except due to, ava-
1: <laughs> due, to due to availability, <laughs> d- we are a collective. Okay, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah, James has has been a a, a constant presence, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Reese and I have, have have ducked in now and then. Now I guess you did all but one of them, didn't you, Reese? Correct. I've been a busy man. Anyway, we should talk about. <laughs> You've Ms... been moving house. I've been sitting in my damn chairs—the ones that I've always been in. So you know, fair <laughs> enough. Um, Reese, uh, w- what were your overall thoughts on Ms. Marvel? Because I think you had the strongest reaction to the show of the three of us. Loved it. Best MCU thing since Endgame. Cried twice in the finale. Uh,
3: <laughs> yes, there's a yes, there was a di- there. You know, and I, I did listen to the episode you recorded last week, Joe. I, I in, in a In a a thing that you never do on the episodes of me and James, of course. So uh, (laughs) I've won up to there, sir. But um, so I know you both liked the the finale and the show. But uh, and and I agree that there's that there is that dip in episodes three and four. Um, So I'm I'm, you know and you you can listen to the to the Patreon apps and we me and James sort of we had that experience live. But also not to be the six hour movie guy, and I'm not going to say that. But but you know I think I think a season of television can be. Can be evaluated in the in the whole once it's concluded, um, and uh, you know there were some choices. There were some choices made in the in the middle of the season that I think were mistakes, but then there were others that felt you know that that maybe took away from the sink from the epi- the singular episode in the moment. You know, like all the Karachi, like like kind of pulling her away from her supporting cast and all the Jersey stuff and going to Karachi for two episodes. That felt it felt like the thing he didn't want at the time, but. I think for me ne- ne- you know on balance that's that was those were worthwhile trips once the once the show was over so um no i just I totally loved the finale i was I just was so charmed by it I thought it was i kind of couldn't believe how but you know both episode five antics i couldn't I, yeah I couldn't really believe how how for me it just it just stuck every landing you know that's the, you know even the scene the, the scenes in these other shows or even in other superhero stuff that feel that um that uh, you know can feel really forced like the name or and the costume just there the, the the bit with the name brought a little tit to me i thought that was such a lovely scene i love the i love the dynamic between her and her father which you know we kind of only got a bit in the season but that was that was that was lovely and similarly the you know the mum the mum and the costume um uh we you know we there's no we won't relitigate all of the kind of Cameo, you know all the cameo shit and the X-Men shit. I don't, I, you know, I was a bit disheartened actually that the that it felt like once the show, you know, and I had a really positive experience with it, not not everyone will have had quite a positive experience, but I think generally it was liked. And yet it felt like all people wanted, to, the only coverage of the show once the finale had was just, oh, mutants, an X-Men, oh, oh, with this one, you know, what does it mean for this? It's like, oh, guys, can we just take a breath for a second and just... You know, and just enjoy enjoy this show. I, I I listened to I'm I'm almost done. I've just got taken one long, big long breath and just kept talking. Uh, I listened to a great podcast, I think it's it's really good called um TV's Top Five and it's the, it's the Hollywood Reporters kind of TV podcast they do every week. And they had an interview with Bishop Ali on the episode last week, post finale. And it was a long chat, it was they chatted about forty minutes and they got into lots of other stuff, but it did feel like the first quarter of an hour was just asking her about X-Men stuff and Newton stuff and I don't know, it just seems like one of the least interesting aspects of not just the finale but the entire show and I was a bit annoyed that the the coverage felt so dominated by that. Anyway, small piece, love Miss Marvel, very excited to see, to see, you know, I think, I think, I'm sure this will get a second season which I'm, you know, that's now at the absolute top of my anticipated Disney Plus Marvel shows list for sure, um, and and yeah, I'm you know more excited for the Marvels um, than I was before that stinger last week, and I think I had a different, I had a different sort of thought about the Marvels than you guys did. Like for me, that final the final scene happens, and then and my thought was, oh, it'll be it's going to be a body swap comedy. That's going to be the kind of genre that they are going to be playing with in the same way that you know Doctor Strange more in the multiverse man is more of a horror um, Shang-Chi more of a martial arts film you know they've they I feel like oh I feel like that's the genre that the Marvels will be and that's just based on that that tiny moment at the end And that that might be wrong and I was wrong James will attest I was wrong like so many times in my predictions <laughs> during the Ms. Marvel recap <laughs> show like so many so many so many times but uh, but yeah so that's yeah love Ms. Marvel Things since Endgame, um, and I, th-
1: I even thought about doing a rewatch, you know, starting it again last week because so I, I really enjoyed that much. So, uh, James, what did you think of the X Men stuff? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <No>! <laughs> we, we went into that in yes. on the Patreon, um, yeah. My, my thoughts on this, my oh, yeah, it's pretty good, yes, it's good,
1: yeah. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reese, I don't know if you've seen this, um, but it's so like, uh, yeah, I I was broadly positive on Ms. Marvel, where I was kind of like, episode one and two, I was all in. Uh, I was bored to tears by moments of episode three and four, and then thought that five and six kind of won it back around. Although, very strange structural choices, and, and you kind of wonder whether, like... A six one hour episodes was the best structure for Ms Marvel. Whether it would have been, whether it would have benefited from being one of the, the the nine episodes, slightly sh- or nine slightly shorter episodes, or I, I I don't know, or a movie. But it just felt like six one hour episodes wasn't the right shape for this story, even if they did a decent job of making it feel more episodic than some of the other stuff. Um, but uh, one thing that that really struck me this week, um, and I, don't, Reece, I don't know whether you've seen this. Um, Ethan Hawke has been promoting mm. his new film and has been talking about um, Marvel and taking part in Moon Knight, despite having criticised the MCU previously. And I, I, you know, I don't need to get into his full comments, but I did think that they were, you know really measured and Mm. exactly as thoughtful as you would you you'd come to expect from Ethan Hawke but the the interesting thing that I thought he said from working within that machine was that he thought actually what Marvel was was really Mm. actor-friendly for someone like him and for someone like Oscar Isaac and you know I think in even in a show like this where you're not working with pre-established stars you're working with you know um a new discovery in the lead and kind of you know just like character actors and all of the supporting roles that the that the show is that, that that what marvel are putting together is quite actor friendly but it isn't necessarily mm. director friendly and i think my main frustration with ms marvel after having sat through a six episode series is that they don't seem to be putting the same level of energy and care and attention into all of the six episodes. And, oh. you know, I've, I've, I've felt this, I felt this across like, a not like, I think they, they obviously put a lot of effort into the, into the premieres, which they're trying to hook viewers in with. Um, but you know, that there has been that, you know, a number of, again, six episode series. So we're not talking about a huge volume of TV here where, it has felt like there has been this precipitous drop in quality at, at various stages of the show. And that to me feels like uh, if, if I, if I can put my finger on one thing, it's that it feels like the directors are allowed to bring some flair and attention to uh, some, some flair and style to their premieres. And maybe, maybe I think Hawkeye is probably the exception where you got those episodes in the middle when they went a bit more action heavy and then a lot of the rest of it feels kind of churned out or there will be patches in the season that feel a bit more churned out Um, and, and a bit more like by the numbers TV direction and with TV shows that have this kind of budget and are only producing six hours of content rather than, significantly more that feels disappointing but that's not a specific criticism of ms marvel that is a that is something that i thought was telling that that even hawk was talking about that that he felt they were more actor friendly than director friendly and it prompted me to have a sit and think yeah i I, that that feels that's something that feels like it's true certainly on the tv side at the moment
3: i think I although I don't think you'll just I agree with you but I also but that is it's a peak tv thing I think that you know it's these days it is it's just it is very rare and and and, it, and it's the absolute best tv shows that are this where there's a level of of directorial authorial care for every episode every you know every sequence across a whole season that's I just I just don't see that I just don't see that particularly often in shows that I watch. Shows that I enjoy, you know, there's there is inconsistency, and that you know that that, that there there's been inconsistency across television series, is, is you know since for since you know, we, you know we can go back and watch episodes of Lost that. <laughs> There f- was oh, there, more there, like the b episodes of that season? but, the, that's,
1: just, but the, know, the, that's true that was producing 24 hours of content a year sure and, no sure which i accept and and, and and even at that time which was spending a lot of money on it like i i, I imagine the budgets that marvel are putting behind these shows are you know would pro- probably make network tv budgets from a couple of decades ago the showrunner's eyes water Sure, but and, I wonder whether, and, and I think, I guess, I guess what what I would separate this out into as well was like I enjoyed Ms. Marvel and I enjoyed parts of it, but there was, there were still various moments, even in the episodes that I liked, that felt like they were really scraping against the edges of the Marvel formula. Where I was going okay I've seen this show before I've seen this beat before mm. I've seen this thing before like even I mean he talks about the costume in the final episode I thought the random like oh her mangled earring it that her mom found on the ground a second ago is, <laughs> is now the costume okay yeah. um That's by the true. way did you did you know your name means marvel okay okay I mean the scene with the dad is nice but and and, and I thought that there were various bits of shorthand in the plotting as well and I think that's what separates, you know, even the better ones of the Marvel shows, because I would put One Division into this as well, which for as much as I liked, you know, lots you know, great stretches of that show. There was lots of sword stuff in the middle that wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> and, and, and a finale, which COVID compromised on not did feel like it became some CG mush in between a couple of strong plot character moments. Um, and you know, I don't. I don't think you are seeing episodes that are phoned in when you're talking about shows like Better Call Saul or Succession or the or the more reclaimed. No, I know. But shows those are on the, TV. I, I'm not. You know,
3: there are there are an elite crop of of shows that are that are head and shoulders above the rest of the pack. You know, and the, but the list is fair, is short. Um, and so, but and I don't think that
1: I wonder if Feige. You know, it, it's it's Is he okay for this stuff to be a bit more middle of the road? Well, that's the the question, and our our audience is okay with it being a bit more middle of the road, given the Mm. volume of stuff, and given that they're being asked to watch this stuff, for it to be feeding directly into movies, and and obviously we've talked Mm. about, you know, I, I don't think you will have had to see Ms. Marvel before you see the Marvels, but I think the, the mm. Marvel, Marvel the MCU certainly wants you to have and
3: I thought one of the uh, from the interview that I'd reference uh, uh, previously from that podcast one of the interesting points that that Bisher May made was it sounds like maybe she-hulk uh, uh, up to and including she-hulk which hasn't which you know it comes out next month all that stuff you know so we're talking WandaVision cap Loki um, uh, Ms Marvel She-Hulk am I missing one okay those are the five okay right those were all those were perhaps all sort of written and leaked. maybe not you know probably not post production but all all the seasons were broken before one comes out so the, i think a question is a question there's a question of you know i wonder if we'll see course corrections you know i wonder if we'll i don't know i'm not sure what the sec what the maybe it would be secret evasion would be the sort of first show written after some of these shows have aired, perhaps I don't know, but you know I wonder whether we'll, whether Feige will kind of go. Okay, listen, we, we you know we 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 squirted a load of stuff out there, and we had these COVID kind of production issues that that for our first foray into TV was was tricky, but we can change some of our you know we can t- make tweaks to the to this machine to improve things. I uh, we, we I mean we'll see, and you know Loki season two <laughs> will be interesting. I think
2: right? I think that is quite generous given uh... that. These shows have been in production, you know, for a couple of years. Like we're talking about the easiest thing to change, which is the, the story. Like, I don't know. I think, I think if they had any interest in really raising the bar, they've had plenty of time to do that.
1: I think the, the, the other thing that will be interesting to me in the, in the upcoming years is whether as much of this stuff does become Disney plus series, like uh, d- are some of these projects Disney plus series rather than movies because of COVID or like, have they been more likely to be because of COVID Um, or slash Disney Mm. plus launching in the first place and trying to drive up Mm. those subscriber numbers? Like, Mm. uh, are are we going to see in 2024, the volume of Marvel Disney plus shows or Marvel MCU live action, Disney plus shows, or will Mm. it be, will it be more of, you know, animated spin-offs or I don't know, like uh, more... holiday specials.
3: One, one, you know, yes. one Yeah, 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 exactly. Where, by night, by Michael Giacchino, who
1: wants to direct <laughs> something, and so that okay, we throw him a bone, kind of thing, right? Or like more of the we can wrap up stories, or we can give a character a bit longer on a on a TV show, kind of a bit like I think Hawkeye felt, right, whereas. Uh, would you choose to introduce a character like Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus a couple of years from now? I don't know. Yeah, because you made and the
3: argument <clears> that. Yeah, throat> I
1: I just think especially especially I think there are, I think there are, we'll we'll get to this at the end as well of the episode when we're talking about Comic Con, but I think I think the reaction to the critical reactions to some of these shows, plus the viewing figures for some of these shows. And the which we don't uh, really I, know, and I, uh, yes, but I I think so we, we got an idea of how they perform relative to each other, um, hmm. and the uh, I, I wonder whether there is a bit of soul searching within Disney and Marvel, and whether you know does Kevin Feige want to be making TV shows? He certainly he certainly didn't five or six years ago. <laughs> uh, does it does he want these projects to be tv shows or would he rather them be movies mm-hmm. and it does does it does the mcu feel as directionless as it does at the moment which i think is what audiences are starting to push back more and more against certainly not in terms of turning up to the to, to films but you know the, i was gonna say a, we, lot we, of we the,
2: can... a lot of the conversation around it is when when are they going to get to a to a new story because that's where's, what people where's want where's this
1: going and we can use this to yeah. talk about Thor Love and Thunder as well which is the the thing that will be dropping on our Patreon feed next which um James you've seen Reese have you seen no no okay so uh, but I, I guess what's interesting about Thor Love and Thunder uh is critically not well received and like the the or, or not well received relative to some other marvel stuff and the and the reviews that have been negative have been a, a, a like a lot more savage than the than the normal negative reaction to an MCU movie would be. Um, and then the the box office, you know, it 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 debuted strong. It you know it it holds up against Ragnarok from a box office perspective, and certainly year a year out from the pandemic. But then there was a the, like I think it was the MCU's biggest drop. In, in like, yep. a de- in like a decade, second weekend at the US box Ooh. office. Um, and that, that doesn't feel great either. And I, I just wonder whether, yeah, a lot, there are, there are a lot of decisions that need to be made by Kevin Feige. And yeah, is, is, uh, is, is Disney plus TV shows, is that his ideal or would he rather, and you know, if it starts to affect the bottom line, is he going to be able to push back a bit more on the direction that's been that's been placed on them and and start to do things a bit differently? It was, uh, I, I certainly feel, as someone who really likes all this stuff, a bit of a malaise.
2: Yeah. I was, like I was going to say, I've joked before about how the TV shows are sort of devaluing the Marvel fanfare. But I also <laughs> think there is some truth to that. Mm. Because it used to be that you you saw that intro and you knew you were in for a great time, and now it's like they stick it on the TV show, and you're like, "Well, I guess guess we're in for a mediocre hour of television." <laughs>
3: My counterpoint, <laughs> simply put, TV shows are capable of being good, um, and sure, uh, and it's just it's it's just that is there a way that these could be good TV shows? And I feel like them, yes, there is a way, and if the if the TV shows were good that that energy to the fan you know it, that the thing that energy would return you know and i, I, mean, I think, I think
2: we should i think we should wrap this discussion up shortly but just to say i think that tv shows can be good but i think the streaming model pushes tv shows to be a certain way like mm. to be one continuous story and to not be episodic and to to tease things out slowly Which is inherently unsatisfying for people to watch. So it's it's difficult for shows to be good under the constraints which they are currently being made.
1: Reese, do you do you want want to talk (laughs) about a superhero TV show that you do think is good? (laughs) Well, does James want to talk about Thor at all? That's
3: right. So
2: we we. We had a big chat about Thor on episode five of our. A big chat. We had a small chat about Thor and my initial reactions to it on uh, Miss Marvel episode four or five, was it? I think it was episode five. But these cheap
3: bastards haven't paid for the. No, they don't know. They don't know. If you you want to get
2: my thoughts (laughs) on (laughs) Thor, that's (laughs) where to get them.
1: I did. (laughs) I did a seamless segue. To you talking about a TV <laughs> show, Reese. Respect the segue. Tell me what I you thought the about the one that you like. The boys. Um, so I watched uh, when
3: the Boys season two dropped. I hadn't seen the first season, and I still haven't. The boy that that's which sort is of a classic Reese move. Season two dropped, and I, I sort of dipped in, and I I really enjoyed it. I think it. I uh, I'll speak. You know, in general, right? Two and season two and three. I, I, I do just think it, and maybe it's maybe it's very canny, and maybe it's. Um, you know, or not? Maybe it clearly is a kind of a canny sort of. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's a show that is placing itself within a crowded market, but with a, a with a with a set perspective that makes it feel like it's it's you know it, it's having it, it's having its cake and eating it to It's you know it's the Boris Johnson of superhero shows. It's because <laughs> it's both a superhero TV show, but also one which, and kind of you know which and playing to those conventions, but one that also gets to gets to attack the idea of superheroes, um, but, but you know I found it sounds it, it like was Garth Ennis nice, to me, yeah, yeah, exactly. But but it's so it, I found it a nice antidote or a, a, just a nice part of my weekly TV diet over the period that was on, you know, and mm-hmm. and because that also includes this. This was the Stranger Things moment and also the Ms. Marvel moment, um, and the white and the wider chats we all we we, have, we you know three of us have about MCU malaise every every week or two weeks. It just felt like this. Sort of singular little, little crop of light uh, outside of that. Um, the other thing I, I think I think The Boys is good at is its showrunner is Eric Kripke, who like who ran Supernatural for I think like four hundred seasons um, on the <laughs> CW. So he's just a guy that clearly is re- is a really good sort of long running TV guy. Because I think you know I d- I've had conversations with other people that have seen the, the the third season of The Boys, and and it you know it is adapting the comic books, but the comic books the, the, you know there is a core. There's a core conflict, you know, between basically Homelander, who's the the evil. For those who aren't aware, is the evil is the you know it's it's kind of a it's a it's a DC MCU esque world. You have a sort of a the primary super team. They're called the Seven. They are they're kind of a corporate entity in some ways. They they are owned and ran by a company called Vought, who also is like a pharmaceutical company that's developed the sort of the drugs that make the superhero super in the first place it's also a media company it's also got his and lots of other pies so the show has fun all that kind of succession-esque media sat- satire it's nowhere near succession levels of quality i should say but it's got it it's doing that at the same time but the show is uh, the seven which is the main superhero team led by this character called homelander who's basically a very evil fucked up superman but in interesting ways, I think primarily because the performance is, is really compelling by this Australian actor called An- Anthony Starr, yeah. who is in Banshee. Uh, he's just he's just he's just so incredibly watchable. You just want to watch him. So the conflict between him and all the machinations of that super, superhero team and this group called the Boys, who are led by Carl Urban, um, who. Has got a gripe against Homelander for various reasons, but just hates superheroes, wants to take down Homelander and all superheroes, and he's, he's teamed up with sort of a little Black Ops group that is trying to do that. Um, the, that conflict feels like it will have to resolve, but I kind of I also think that this is such a big hit for Amazon, and Kripke's so good at you know, just making things go and go and go that I think even after the conflict has resolved, we'll, we'll get more of the boys. And they're already, you know, they're already two spin spin-offs going in other directions. Yeah. Um, but he, he's good at, uh, you know, he things happen in episodes. You know, there, there is, I think he's coming from this 24 episode, you know, if we go back to our previous chat, Kripke comes from this network world where budgets were probably a 10th of what he can do per episode of this. And he's got to make 24 episodes a season in perpetuity. And it, yeah, there's just a, there's a, there's a there's a propulsiveness to the show, and there's just a sense of action episode to episode. And you know, it it's, it can be quite episodic. Things can you know new plot lines kind of get introduced and resolved within episodes, which is which is which is which is nice <laughs> these days. <laughs> um, and yeah, I thought it was you know I don't it's again it's not it's not it's not amazing, um, but if you compare it directly to the MCU to the Disney Plus stuff, it is doing the it's doing the more serialized version of TV storytelling and, and there, there is a, there's a satisfaction to that. Um, do I think it's, I think it's probably the best season of the, uh, yeah, of the, of the three or I guess I haven't seen the first, but it's better than season two, but, but only by a margin. It's quite consistent. Um, I really like Jack Quaid. I think he's one of the stars. So he's watchable. Carl Urban's yeah. great. Anthony star, um, Aaron Moriarty. There's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun cast. Um, yeah, I think, you know i don't know if I'll, i don't really know where our, i know that i don't know if the two of you guys have seen this but so i don't know if where our should is on this but i just think it's a fun superhero show and it's a nice antidote to all this stuff that we we feel like we talk about every anyway.
1: week. i watched chunks of the first season of the boys or I, I, I got maybe like five or six episodes into it and uh and just fell off okay. but i i really enjoyed their social media presence Mm-hmm. Um, I really, um, I watched the new Scream movie recently, which Jack Wade was mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. And, w- and was was really taken by him in that. Um, and then also, I keep reading things that happened in The Boys, and finding myself going like, "Well, I'm not going to catch up, but I'm going to put on Prime and just watch mm-hmm. that scene and see and see what that was, or like watch that." And so I've watched some of these like shocking moments, which which are quite fun mm-hmm. and like the the the. Mm-hmm. The homelander memes as well, and like, oh, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's probably a show that I would, I, I would catch up on someday. But yeah, I also do get that vibe, as you were saying, of having its cake and eating it. That it is like, let's take the piss out of all this stuff. But no, that of you, is, is that are, are consuming yeah. it like it is that, yeah, hundred um, percent, yeah.
3: 100%. yeah. Uh, I'll sh- I just want to shout out this season, Jensen. Uh, so I had. To- Gents Knuckles, who's who's in this season as I think a fairly I'm not sure it's that much adapted from the comic, but basically his character's called Soldier Boy, and he's kind of a Captain America riff. And he is he it's really interesting, he is properly doing a, in my opinion, a Chris Evans as Captain America impression. Um and I think I find it really fun. And I watched uh, I watched The Grey Man in, in 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 the cinema last weekend, having watched The Boys in the Week, and it was interesting because it just felt like he had Chris Evans in that doing, doing a kind of his a, a sort of a spin off of, of what he was doing in, in you know an evil cap performance, and you got Jensen Ackles doing something very similar in The Boys. I thought just for yeah for for a fun synergy, synergistic take. If listeners were to watch those two things in you know close to each other, I think you'll see something intriguing.
1: Cool. So uh, that's the that's the 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 superhero movies and TV we've been watching. Um, we should move on to the news, and I want to start with one with, with a piece of news that literally dropped in the last couple of days, and is to my mind one of the one of the wildest stories we've ever talked about on this podcast. And you know, during the lifetime of this podcast, we've kind of been able to follow. The entire saga of the Zack Snyder Justice League, right? Um, we, I, I think, Man of Steel had come out before we started, uh, but we quickly covered that, and then covered Batman v Superman when it came out in cinemas, and then all of the all of the kind of like crazy stuff that was happening in the background with Justice League the the initial PR push of oh it's going to be different, and then. Zack Snyder being removed and Joss Whedon and then a bad movie. And then all of the, you know, these leaks coming out and, and the, and the, the Snyder bros kind of like rising online and having this, which, you know, at various times felt like a very toxic fandom existing on social media, pushing for the release of the Snyder cut. And they eventually got their way. Um, the movie was certainly, what well, I say, movie the six hours or whatever that eventually came out of the Snyder Cut content. The yes, was was a lot more warmly received and was you know is better than the original uh, the the theatrically released Snyder Cut, uh, Justice League. Um, and Zack Snyder at the time had to come out and kind of be like. Look, my, the, uh, people talk about the the fans and the and the you know negativity, but they've done a lot of positive stuff. Yada yada yada. And this week, an article drops from Rolling Stone, um, making two, I, I would say, like interconnected accusations about the Snyder cut and the, and the online fandom that campaigned for its release. The first one is that a, a a vast amount of the, or or certainly a, a chunk of the Snyder supporting fans online who pushed for the release of the Snyder cut were paid for sock accounts, essentially bots that campaigned for the movie. And with a suggestion that perhaps Zack Snyder was involved in paying for those plots okay. the okay. second accusation was that Zack Snyder had kind of uh, at various times time threatened people within Warner Brothers and leveraged the the social media fans to kind of like to, to, to get his way with the Snyder Cut um, and and also kind of worked in tandem with Ray Fisher with some of the, because obviously Ray Fisher, aside from some of the specific accusations he made against certain individuals, that I don't think we, I don't think this makes any suggestions that you know what what Ray Fisher said about the way he was treated by Joss Whedon, for example, was incorrect, but certainly the the manner of of his online protests against warner brothers and some of the timing of it and some of the specific accusations might have been revealed or even like okayed by Zack snyder it's just a a a crazy crazy Mm. story um that that feels like really like really feasible it's just you read it and you're like
2: yeah i was gonna say there are some there are some bits of that story yeah there are some bits of that story that just seem impossible to refute in any meaningful way yeah like the the thing about the the sort of revelation about who is behind the the first ever Cut website and stuff Mm. like it it seems too orchestrated now in retrospect
1: So that 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 specific. So I'm I'm just going to go through the article as we're reading it, uh, as as we're talking. So uh, there was there was talks that you know just generically about how the the fans of the Snyder Cut harassed people online, and that that harassment you know, and like it could call for like boycotts of Warner Brothers films or specifically go after other movies that they felt were a danger to the Snyderverse. And so uh, um, the director, Adam Wingard, whose movie Godzilla vs. Kong was released around the same time as the Snyder Cut on HBO Max, received a lot of abuse to the point where Warner Brothers security had to get involved. Um, The the um then the the website that you're talking about there james the like one of the first snyderverse websites um which was called oh, I've lost the name, but yeah that 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 was registered by someone through a marketing company who has links to zack snyder and and um mm. it, like a, and demonstrable, provable links, and that person like doesn't seem to exist online anymore. And that it's very likely that it was a domain purchased on the behalf of Snyder or his associates. That...
2: By, a, by a PR company that specialised in providing like astroturfing bots. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and the suggestion is that when Warner Brothers did their own internal investigations, they had two reports that were independently commissioned and they believed that up to thirteen percent of the of the accounts were fake that were talking about the Snyder Cut. Which like this is like some Russian hack the election kind of stuff. Like it's <laughs> it crazy. And yeah, and, and they were saying that you compare that to Twitter's numbers, Twitter's re- Twitter reckons that about five percent of its content or less than five percent of its content is is false or spam, which means that this is kind of like triple the number that you would normally expect from this kind of stuff. Reese, it does it does all it does all read kind of believable, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yes. It's uh Yeah, it's a wild story. It's uh you know the I think the 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 kind of the Ray Fishers that that the, the, the co timing of that of that moment in the story, I found really something. Um, And there's a a line where they talk about, Hey, remember when there was a moment where, you know, release the Snyder cart, like billboards and banners were put up in LA. And did, did anyone ask, you know, who's, who paid for these? And the article is insinuating that, that Zack Snyder, you know, had funded these. And, and the whole, the whole piece made me think that, that there's real money at play in Hollywood. I mean, this is obvious, right. But, but that, if you think the, the the timeline of the of the of the piece as described, you know, so it's not so it's it's as well as it being like a sort of a power play from Snyder, right, and an ego and you know a sort of an ego thing, etc. But it's it also just feels more calculatedly a, a, a sort of canny career dis- decision, right? Like he's he's he gets booted off this movie. The movie comes out and it's terrible, and, and uh, you almost got to give him this. I don't I don't want this to be this is true. You got to kind of give him props for. <laughs> You know, this plan he, he seemingly had and, and then executed is so, it's so, it's kind of so crazy, but, but it, you know, he kind of did it. And, and then his career is, is in a, I think is inarguably in a different, probably uh more solid place now than it was when the Justice League movie, when the Justice League film came out. Um, and, 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 and that he, that all of this is, yes, is this kind of clandestine, not in a mismatch way, clandestine, plot that he kind of came up with and kept secret you know i don't know it's 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 a, it's just a, it's such a dramatic story in and of itself you know that it could it could be a, it could be a film um yeah you know, I, don't, a- I don't know you know and we'll see what this we'll see what this article sort of means you know sort of does now to him going forward because there's there's lots of there's lots of quotes from him in the piece right like they clearly went they you know which is just a normal journalistic practice they obviously Sent him this ahead of time and went, "Hey, we're going to publish this in forty-eight hours. Do you care, do you care to comment?" So you know he kind of he he this there's, there's him just saying some of it is wrong and some of it is the details are wrong, but you know he's he's uh, he's
1: been made aware of this, and I wonder. Well, uh, Snyder, I, I wonder if anybody
3: cares. You know, oh, Snyder's, actually,
1: I if the... Snyder's quoted in the piece, right? Snyder mm. says that if anyone was orchestrating social media, it was Warner Brothers uh, to try and get subscribers to HBO Max. Now, I could see at a certain point Warner Brothers going, look, if we're going to do this, let's utilize this fan engagement online. Um, But it would, you know, it would beg a belief that, you know, I think there was a a certain point where they just wanted to stop talking about Justice League, right? It was like <laughs> here is this kind of crushing embarrassment for us of a movie. Mm. Why? Why would they be talking about it? I, I mean, like, and and then there is there is also some of the article that kind of like gets into like uh, like it, like genuine unpleasantness for people involved with Warner Brothers at the time. That so they talk about in in. In Jan 2021, three months before Snyder Cut was released, um, there was an image uh, depicting the decapitated heads of mm. uh, Walter Hamada and Toby Emmerich, who were two of the, you know, uh, often, uh, you know, subjects of ire of Snyder fans, um, that that was circulated widely amongst the fandom. And... Um, it says with Snyderverse devotees even tagging social media accounts of some of the children of the trio. Um, cool. Warner Media were concerned about the safety of their employees to the point that they started commissioning these reports to investigate it, um, and that's when yeah, that they they kind of dis- discovered. some of these fake accounts, some of the links back to Snyder. Um, But then there were also like, um, there was reports of, you know, this wasn't just something that Snyder was, you know, as the article insinuates, actioning to try and get the Snyder cut made. It was after he was working on the Snyder cut, that he was. Cont- oh, there's all that stuff, right? That he, he stole cont- the
3: drives, and he, he shot stuff in his backyard. Like, saw, yeah, uh, shot, yeah, shot, shot some crazy,
1: shot some non-union stuff in his garden, and, and, yeah. and basically, he really wanted Jeff Johns and I think Toby Emmerich taken off. John,
3: no, John Berg, John Berg. Jo- sorry, yeah, Jeff yeah, yeah. Johns
1: and John Berg taken off as producers from the Snyder Cut, saying like this isn't their movie. And uh, you know, interesting to me that Johns was one of the one of the people that. Ray Fisher went against very strongly mm. with mm. with kind of like a, it because you know there, there was some of the stuff that Ray Fisher said that you're like like I've got no reason to disbelieve this I've got no reason to disbelieve especially with o- other people coming in and backing it up all of the Joss Whedon stories but then like a lot of the like the the Jeff John's mm. I seems like singular fa- yeah or unfairly uh, uh, unsubstantiated. Mm. And it sounded like he got a lot of specific uh like cyber abuse aimed at him. Um And then there is a there's a quote in the piece about Snyder threatening people within Warner Brothers saying that if they did not remove Johns and Berg as producers of the movie, that he would set social media on them. <laughs> Essentially, which Mm. does, which again, kind of, it implies a a, a, like a link between him and the and the fan base, and not and 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 you do wonder whether that is like, look, but he was never going out there and saying to fans, was he like? Oh, you should be angry about this, or you should be angry about Mm. that. It was always like teasing. Oh, there is some, there is Snyder cut stuff, or there is this, there is that. But then, like the 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 specific stuff that would come out about individuals would be from stuff like Ray Fisher. And I thought it was really interesting that Ray Fisher apparently was approached for comment about this didn't comment
2: <laughs> for the first time in his career. Yeah.
1: For the first first time. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then was, and then was asked, uh, you know, Ray, Ray Fisher, who I believe is working on the latest Zack Snyder mm-hmm. Netflix project. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fisher then like went on Twitter and said, you never asked me for comment. A, a, a Rolling Stone person said here. I, d- Yeah. Look, I did. Here is the, here is the email. <laughs> and then he went, ah, oh, look, you change the time. The time in one of the emails says six o'clock tomorrow, and then you change it to five o'clock tomorrow. But yeah, a, but then the second email is literally an email to him at like quarter past five that day, saying, "We still haven't heard back from you. If you don't respond, yeah. <laughs> to, if you don't respond, we mm-hmm. are going to publish this article tonight." Like, and you know, we've mm-hmm. we've already having twenty four hours notice, and that's not like a dude who might have missed the emails. This is a Hollywood mm. actor who has representation, um, mm. who, you know, and, and then since that as well has tellingly kind of said like his beef is, I uh, well, I, uh, you know, I, I uh, maybe I wasn't asked for comment. Okay. Well, do you have anything to say now? Not specifically <laughs> about, not specifically about any of this other than mm. I wasn't asked for comment. Um, mm. yeah, it just, it, it it is great. I, I would encourage anyone to get you know, it's difficult to kind of like try and translate the whole story
3: yeah.
1: here. And it's, a beauty, it's a beauty piece, right? It's it'll take you ten minutes to read And and it's it's fascinating. But you know yeah. and there is also, you know, obviously there is all the background as well around with the the death of Zack Snyder's daughter and uh, and you know how that potentially affected things, and I'm sure on a personal level that that can't that you know, yeah, that 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 is uh, as mitigating circumstances goes, that's a, a fairly major, mm-hmm. but and, and the Joss and the Joss Whedon
3: harassment piece as well. I think again, this the, this piece doesn't. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's not it, that all that stuff all seems to, you know, have have so much truth to it as well. So, but I, I you know, it is true that when all the Whedon Snyder bits were happen, happening, I think it was Snyder was seen as the, you know, as the aggrieved party and Weedon as the the villain of the story. And this it's just interesting how this this the Rolling Stone piece it just really really recontextualizes that without changing. All of the yeah, those 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 other two big bits
1: of their personal lives that that are both true. Um, I think it's possible hmm. for there to be multiple villains as well. You know (laughs) that is
2: Hollywood after after all. Yeah,
1: yeah. um, Yeah, it it is a a wild wild story, and I would (laughs) encourage you all to go read it. Um, But it, it does make you think, you know, kind of more than ever warner brothers and dc probably just need a clean break from as much of this stuff that's possible i mean because the one the one kind of major holdover <laughs> that they've got is a flash movie that now you're wondering like i if you do release it i don't know how you promote it
0: yeah. I just,
1: it's crazy like that that whole situation with ezra miller um, and you know that's a movie that's got Ben Affleck appearing in it as well, and you kind of think like, just don't do it.
2: I was going to say that o- the only way that movie can be made serviceable, barring the complete exoneration of Ezra Miller, which seems unlikely, is if they replace every every instance of him in the film. And feels is that going to be worth it? Like, feels not, like really.
1: that might be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be able to Kevin Spacey this one. No, quite. Um, so yeah, that is the uh, that is the crazy, crazy um, Snyder cut news. Um, let's move on now to some uh, some uh, some some things that are actually happening. Um, there was the first trailer for the Amazon Prime series Paper Girls, um, and I read Paper Girls. I don't know. Are you either you too familiar with it at, at all? Uh,
2: what I learned from this trailer is I didn't even know the first thing about the premise.
3: <laughs> I I read well. I I read the first trade tra- paperback, and yes, sort of similarly. Watching this trailer, I thought, "Have I read? Have I read the first trade paperback?" Because none of this, none of this is uh, recalling anything in my memory. Um. So yes, but it was what it was years ago that I read the first TPB. T- oh, remember that James? Remember that? Remember that acronym TPB? <laughs> I remember that? Yeah, those were yeah. the days. Those were the fucking days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's an interesting one. I, like so I I read, I read it weekly actually, and I must I must have read Ooh. the first like maybe fifteen or twenty issues and. It's, it's, it's one of those, you know, I could, I can absolutely see how you wouldn't know the premise, you know, or or like feel like even watching this trailer, like, Mm. did I, did I miss the premise? Because it was one of those, you know, it's a Brian Vaughan, Brian K. Vaughan comic and, you know, every, every issue will end with a cliffhanger that feels like it could subvert Mm. everything that's come before. And (laughs) um, so I guess for our, for our readers who are, uh, listeners uh, who are unfamiliar with it, yes the 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 kind of the idea is originally it seems like you are reading like um like a a gender flipped amblin thing that you're you're watching mm. you're watching these yeah you you there's four paper girls that are riding around on bikes in the eighties and um and they're all you know they're, they're, they're kind of like getting up to like you know little bits of scrapes and they've all got like quite broad character types and then like I'm not even sure like the 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 pace of the twists but some of the twists that are revealed in the tr- in the trailer for the TV show are that you have um, you you have time travel. You have these characters at some point turning up in the present day and interacting with versions of their future selves, and there is potentially people from the even further future in there, and uh, like apocalyptic kind of stuff at stake. Um, and I, 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 I did drop off at it at some point, and that might have been because. Um, it went on quite a lengthy uh, lengthy break at some point, and then I, ne- I, I never jumped back on, so oh. I don't think I got any resolution from it. But what I did get from what I read of it was, like, some really well-drawn central characters that felt quite compelling, and I don't think it had quite the success rate of Saga in terms of its, like, issue-to-issue amazing cliffhangers that make you go, oh my God, I need to see what, where this is leading. Um, but some of the things that happened, you'd be like, oh my God. Oh, right. Okay. What does that mean? Well, how's that going to affect things? And, <laughs> um, and just lots of sci-fi concepts that I think you can see in the trailer, like, oh, that could be fun. Like, uh, you know, and, a, a, a a young version and adult version of the same character teaming up um, was just a very hit netflix movie wasn't it i think so i was um,
2: about to say it my mind was drawn to the adam project when i was
3: watching the trailer so I tell yeah but also it's
2: think- on netflix yeah
3: i was going to say this is tri- yeah you go, you go. and we we're going to say the same thing
2: <laughs> are we i don't know the thing i the thing i thought I think when so. i was watching <laughs> the trailer was um, a i thought oh, this looks pretty cheap for for what it is. Mm. And then B, I thought, well, at least they made it a movie and not a TV series. <laughs> and then at the end, it's like an, an Amazon Prime series. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh It's eight, ep- eight episodes of slow burn nonsense. Okay.
3: <laughs>
2: so okay, they got me there I, think, I would have, I, I would have watched you... this If it was mm-hmm. 90 minutes Amazing. To two hours of a movie it,
1: The thing is though, mm-hmm. if, it, if it does do The comic and the pace Of the storytelling of the comic It won't be slow burn nonsense It will be Really, it'll be episodic Stuff that kind of turns itself on its head Fairly mm-hmm. regularly and, yeah. I, and And what I did like from the trailer Was those distinct young characters did seem to come across the way that they had in the comics and I was like oh right okay so like I I, I could I, I I think I will give this show a go and um I can imagine it's something that I might sit down with my wife and watch as well because the cut is the kind of thing that she might enjoy um and I, and I do wonder whether there might be enough Stranger thingsiness to it as well. It's Stranger Things. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Amazon Stranger Things, things. but that's, not, it's what it,
3: that's what they want it to be, right? Of I'm course. sure Amazon,
1: 80s kids genre. It's Stranger, things. I'm, sure Stranger things. I'm sure that's what Amazon wants it to be, but uh, certainly the source material feels less cynical in its let's exploit 80s <laughs> nostalgia um, <laughs> because it it kind of feels like that's what it's gonna be, and then it and then it ends up not being that. But yeah, I I think that yeah, that's Absolutely and sensibly, what Amazon should be wanting it. To
3: be. Kids, <laughs> it's funny kids on bikes, at... cloudy sky, yeah.
1: and synth music.
3: But it's funny you look at the Amazon slate, and they are they of all of the of all of the streamers, they are they are nakedly like, hey, you know, like Daniel Plainview at the you know in in um in they were blood. Like, we drink your milkshake, we drink it up. Like <laughs> so they're like, oh okay, you've got Stranger Things, fine. Paper Girls, you've got uh, Game of Thrones, fine. Uh, Lord of the Rings, fuck uh you've got um uh, you've got d- d- uh, MCU uh, comic mo- shows the boys uh, okay, network TV, you've got like Dad you've got Law and Order, Organized Crime, okay, we've got uh Jack Reacher and, and Bosch and and uh, Jack Ryan, we've got do all those. Uh it's 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 it, you know, again they're being well, they're sort of being calculated in what they do, but you know, you gotta you kind of gotta respect. It. I do think <laughs> I do think there's a bit of a shift. The shit. terminal list. Have you guys read it? <laughs> Have you guys are you guys on the list? Are you guys on the terminal list? I
1: do <laughs> think there is a bit uh, there is a there is a noticeable change in strategy from what Prime Video are doing though. And I and I actually think that probably one of one of the greatest illustrations of, of that is it is the, the kind of the transition from the tick to the boys um so like, oh, yeah. the the boys really did feel at the time, and I don't remember talking, talking to Seb about this. It really did feel like it was like, and we're cancelling this and replacing it with this. That feels like <laughs> it is it is more likely to be <laughs> the polar
2: opposite, yeah,
1: a runaway or, or or doing the same kind of thing, but from a different from a different direction, mm, yeah, and okay. uh, like I I think you've seen since then. I mean, like going after Lord of the Rings, which you know is like it uh, is jeff bezos's baby apparently it's literally you know they spent like a billion dollars on the rights and it's has <laughs> been a billion dollars it's, on it. It, it's it's insane and that that show i'm sure will be like it will be wielded, the most watched it, thing it'll, it'll, it'll be in success right? and yeah i mean yes, like yeah, it, it certainly feels like from the trailers like that certainly from a production standpoint and a kind of like having some fidelity with the jackson movies like that they're that they they're setting themselves up for a degree of success anyway even if it, you know we'll, we'll see how the actual final execution is but it feels like a show that you can go to people who watch the movies you're going to want to watch this and mm-hmm. you know and and they've transitioned away from doing you know that that. Do you remember that pilot approach? And it was like we're just going to drop all mm. the drop all the pilots for everything on, the, on this, <laughs> and, and, and then like the the stuff that got watched. And like you know, it was yeah. it was almost like they were approaching things like they were a traditional TV network and going like, mm. well, if we carve our budget up here and here and here, here's it, here's how we can get the most efficient return on our investment purely for TV shows being viewed on our platform. Whereas now it's like, well, what's what's going to drive subscribers? What what are the what are the big things? What books are people buying? Well, and and, and also, and, and let's <laughs> let's let's leverage all the data we've got, and, yeah, and yeah. including on well, all of our uh, all of our um, rivals, mm-hmm. and go. Well, where are they finding their biggest hits? Okay, so mm. they're so yeah, they are paying a couple of movie stars to turn up and do a non- nonsense action movie. Okay, Chris Pratt, come and do this for us. Like it, it almost doesn't matter if it's bad and the reviews are bad. We've got an action movie with Chris Pratt on the service. Um, and and yeah, we'll do a version of that successful show and we'll do a version of that successful show. And probably some of the smaller, more interesting stuff isn't gonna end from the from like you know, they had to who who was it that made um Mozart in the jungle? Um They uh Banal? Right, I say banal? Banal's in it, isn't it? But didn't they didn't yeah. they have didn't they have a pilot for a Wit Stillman show on there at one point And Obviously, transparent, oh, yeah, transparent yeah, yeah. was one of their big yeah, early hits, sure. and that's just obviously yeah. that stuff that they're not going to be doing anymore. And it does feel like streaming streaming TV is increasingly becoming like the, you know, it's blockbusters, right?
3: <laughs> except, except, you know, a, a little fledgling company that you know is a very small company in the world mm. called Apple. Uh, you know, they they are if you if you're going to compare two tech giants' approach to streaming. That's that, that night and day Amazon to Apple because Apple are. It feels like, and maybe I'm being naive and I'm buying into the, you know, oh, we're <laughs> the creators. Oh, look at, you know, uh, uh, we're just doing things pro, you know, pro the creativity. But th- that that's their content so far does feel like it feels riskier, you know, and it feels we're going to take punts and we're just going to kind of employ, you know, executives who just have good taste. I, I think I, I want to say the, the person the woman who runs the apple tv machine is uh like an x-channel forehead or an ex-bbc head like just a really a really acclaimed sort of content yeah, content exactly. you know artistically minded person with good taste and yeah and that 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 feels that's not what amazon doing um but also it's also so tricky with these companies to kind of understand what they even what are they even trying to achieve with this stuff you know like NBC puts Friends on in, you know, 2003 and they want to sell advertising in between, you know, or what's the famous phrase about TV is like, it's just selling, it's, it's, it's selling soap. Yeah, you know, it's it's the adverts sell the things, people buy adverts on the shows, people watch the shows, they buy the, the products like that's it's, it's so clear what's happening. You buy a DVD, you want to watch the thing, you buy a cinema ticket, you know, with streaming, it's it's trickier. You know, why does Apple, why does
1: Apple make... Training
3: girls. <laughs> well, it's, it's almost like it's almost uh, why like Amazon make
1: Lord of the Rings. What's the point? Back in the eighties, <laughs> or like when when you're like you know when Coca Cola were buying movie studios and that kind of thing. Like, mm.
3: well,
1: it, it, is this just a diversification, or do you actually like mm. is this a wider brand thing? Like, what's what's going on? What's the end game here? It is. Yeah, yeah. you go
3: back to. You go back to I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going back into the topic, but the, the Snyder stuff and interesting takeaway from the piece is that in the period that's that's covered, you basically have Warner's being under three different corporate structures. You know, like it's sort of sold twice even in that relatively short time. So, yeah, it's a reminder that these these kind of con- these IP uh, hubs, you know, where the content comes from, it's it's owned by they can get owned by. Companies with very different uh, interests and, and 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 sort of interests that are confusing. To to uh, do they want things? Do they want shows that are good? Do they want shows that win Emmys? That movies that win Oscars? Do They want things that people want to pay for. People want to continue to pay for a subscription service for it. It's just it's 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 uh, it's it's nebulous. And and also you might have different streamers. Where well, you will have different streamers having different priorities. And so therefore, you've got an Amazon making the Terminal List, and you've got an Apple making Shining Girls, and. It's, in, it's sort of intriguing that you could have these, you could have two streaming services that are putting content out for radically different reasons, but both shows will get evaluated as TV shows released in 2022, you know, and, and what that does to TV and to criticism and to all that kind of crap is interesting, is <laughs> interesting, big Topics today, boys. Big topics we're thinking about. <laughs> we're talking about. We're talking about the big stuff. So that, we're not talking about like that was our, Ms. Paper, segment. <laughs> that was our <laughs> paper girl segment.
1: Jesus Christ! Uh, fucking hell. Reese, let's talk about a couple of superhero properties which I uh, was vague, like broadly unaware of before you dropped them in our document today. <laughs> so uh, also also on Prime Video is Samaritan. Mm-hmm which is Mm. uh, a Sylvester Stallone starring superhero movie, um, uh, which the premise is apparently a young boy comes to realisation that a famed superhero who was thought to have gone missing after an epic battle 20 years ago may, in fact, still be around. And it's Stallone and Martin Starr's Mm. in it, um, Pilo Aspec, Moises Arias for Biagio from The Kings of Summer. <laughs> as we all know him from uh it's gonna be iconic iconic role. it's, it's gonna be in it um <laughs> and, and yeah well, i guess this is one of those things that you're like in the in the churn of content now it's a it's a superhero thing that's getting made i guess <laughs> that that probably wouldn't have existed before it, or would I mean, would have been or would have been so or would have just been like a grizzled former cop or former like marine or something, and now it's yeah, he was a superhero.
2: I mean, is is this like off-brand week on cinematic universe?
1: Because
2: <laughs> it feels like we're we're talking about a lot of niche stuff.
1: We'll talk about the other stuff as well.
3: <laughs> well, can I write? Let me let me just let me put a counterpoint to you, James. I mean, in no. that. I feel like in the last month or so, so much chat about Stranger Things and about the boys. I contest that Stranger Things is essentially a superhero story, in my view. Um, and I just wonder whether you know. It's interesting that uh, MCU dominance for so long, it, and then DC is the second thing. It's felt like there's no space for anything else. But I think uh, I think the boys and Stranger Things. It it, so it just shows that there maybe there is, and then more, and then you you know maybe. The big sixty-eight percent drop off of Thor, perhaps things are shifting, and I wonder whether you know it's a bit like what Bloodshot, Mindy's was Bloodshot. You know that that came at the wrong time, but they, they, they've got, there's got to be conversations happening in Hollywood rooms, and maybe it's between Stallone and Moises Arias. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like maybe there's maybe we can there's a gap. There is a gap that's just starting to slightly open up that we could people still want this shit, but they're a bit bored with the old shit maybe I'd someone say, else right and so that's
2: i have a, I have a very I different wonder. perspective which is that people have been trying for decades to get superhero properties off the ground and basically if it's not marvel or dc it's got a very limited shelf life and people will you know what, you know be what? uninterested in the medium to i I,
1: I i wonder whether it's part it is partly that that yeah like in the vast majority of cases people what people aren't interested and it doesn't have a very long shelf life but when you do get a hit then it can be really lucrative and mm. <laughs> you know yeah you like i'm thinking back to you know 30 years ago with teenage mutants and ninja turtles right oh, yeah, yeah and 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 then like something we talked about in this episode the boys which prime have mm. gone oh, fuck yeah, this did work. And, you know, that's what Netflix have been going for with all the Miller World stuff. Like, they've gone... <laughs> this, this, they've this, been
2: going for it, but...
1: This does work. Let's spin it off into an animated show, and then let's spin it off into another live-action show. And suddenly, yeah. we've got ourselves a, a, a shared universe across multiple shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, uh, that's... Stranger Things. And, all and, the spin-offs there, like, same and with, thing. And with IP that they own. Because, like, you know, I think Stranger Things is probably still... Like that's Netflix's biggest biggest success because it's theirs. They I own it. Squid Game. I think I think Squid Game is bigger, but yeah. No, no, no. A, but a, I mean, but you know, multiple but multiple seasons. But they didn't commission Squid Game, did they? I don't. I, I'm not sure. It's Squ- I, I, probably. Not. I thought Squid Game. <laughs> I thought Squid Game was a was an acquisition from. Yeah, I, from th- South I Korea. think.
2: Yeah, I think that as well.
1: And I, I, I don't Ooh. think they own the whole thing. Um, I'm sure
2: they'll be co producing the next few series, but.
1: Uh,
3: yeah, and the reality show. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't forget, James. Don't you forget? Anyway, oh, James,
1: James, let me let me talk. Let me let me try and sell you on one of the the uh, associated um, <laughs> properties here. So, coming to Paramount Plus, we've got Secret head, Secret Headquarters, starring uh, you know one of the stars of Loki, Owen Wilson. <laughs> um, and uh, tell me if this premise sounds familiar. Uh, Charlie Kincaid and his friends start to believe his father is a superhero after finding a <laughs> secret headquarters under his home. This okay. is directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman, who were the, uh, ca- the, catfish, ca- guys? the catfish guys who then went off okay. and did some paranormal activities and then made Project Power for Netflix. Uh, we yeah. all
2: remember Project Power.
1: Another, another superhero thing. Um, and this movie, yeah, it's got Jesse Williams, MCU star Michael Peña, that's the funny thing, and and apparently NFL star DK Metcalf is in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that is wild. Um, yeah, it looks it, uh, the, the the poster for it, it. It looks a bit like Sky High to me. Uh, which... I was
2: literally about to say I'm no more interested in watching this than I would be in a Sky High
1: sequel. Oh well, come on, a Sky High sequel. Sure. You say... Sure.
3: Who's the,
1: you... who's the
3: star? Of... Who's the star of this? Joe,
1: say again. Owen Wilson.
3: I've got one word to say to this. Wow.
1: Oh, God. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ka <Set myself> <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Mater! Oh, wow. It's, it's oh, just wow.
1: disappointing that he's not going to be the one discovering the secret headquarters. Because he already knows it. <laughs> he's, he's already, he already knows it there, so he can't He can't. Express surprise. <laughs>
3: Oh wow, this is amazing. Wow. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right. Should we, um, wow. Should,
1: should we help James out? Should we give him some stuff that he that he knows? <laughs> red
3: meat, red meat, further base, further base.
1: <laughs> James. <laughs> Go for it. Let me tell you about a little character called Wonder Man. No, sorry, let me rephrase. Can you tell me about a little character called Wonderman? <laughs> uh
2: Wonderman. Um a sign. The sign that Marvel are getting really digging <coughs> into the D listers. I think <laughs> this is the sign. Okay,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> not clear.
2: It in fairness, right, Wonder Man has been around since the sixties, so he's had ample time to become an A lister.
1: So it, re- remind me the whole deal with Wonder Man because there's like this. Uh, doesn't he have? He, he has links to Scarlet Witch and Vision, right? And and then it, uh, it, in some iterations is like a movie star within. Within the Marvel universe, yeah.
2: yeah. So he's sort of he's got ionic powers, which means he is strong and can
3: fly and can
1: you know. He's got generic powers, yeah.
3: Generic powers, yeah. Um, <laughs> you say that, James. You say ionic with such confidence, James. <laughs> Joey's got ionic powers, which of
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it gives him strength and speed. <laughs> he's made
3: of energy.
2: Um,
1: it is wild that power that like the power set is not a selling point for any superhero anymore because it's just like strong yeah. fast i mean uh, in
2: in the case of good superheroes it is like daredevil spider-man power set really matters
1: no but i mean i mean it's not a selling point when it comes to like pr- like properties you know and like within the mcu yeah. it's yeah. not it's not like they're going you'll never believe what power the eternals have got it's like these are the eternals <laughs> they do the same kind of shit that you're used to
2: yeah they're just superman basically yeah. <laughs> they're all Supermans, yeah um yeah so wonder man was introduced as an avengers villain Died a couple of times, came back a couple of times. Um, His thought patterns were used as the basis for the vision. um, Which is why there's a sort of wonder connection there. Um, She brought him back to life one time.
1: Um, Could Could they tie him into white vision or is that a completely different thing? They
2: absolutely could tie him into that somehow. I mean, part of the... Part of the conceit is that the reason Vision is in love with Wonder is because his thought patterns are based on his, and he is in love with Wanda. So, like, there's this sort of question of is you know is even Vision's emotional state is the lover's life even his own his own choosing, like that sort of thing. But essentially, when they're on good terms, which is most of the time, they they are considered you know brothers, siblings, basically
1: um Here's here's what I'm going to say. This that 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 is not what the MCU is going to be doing. The no, MC- I, I don't it,
2: see how they can.
1: The MCU is going to be doing the movie star thing. I think. Yeah, which yeah. which they they almost included as a like a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Nathan yeah, it was Fillion.
2: just a poster with Nathan Fillion, right?
1: Well, I think I think there was a poster, and then I think Nathan Fillion maybe even filmed some stuff. Okay. Um, like that that was going to be his cameo in in that movie. Um. And, uh, and yeah, obviously it, d- it didn't make the final cut. Interestingly, this is being developed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who signed an overall deal with Marvel after the success of Shang-Chi. Um, and also Andrew Guest, who is a comedy TV writer, which again is what leads me to think this is probably going to be more in, in that, like, let's do like a, uh, a movie star in the MCU vibe, rather than the the more cerebral uh, cerebral stuff. Entourage, but uh, MCU entourage. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's
3: do it. I mean, they're actually, uh, get that, all the guys: Turtle, E, uh, Johnny, drama, all the
1: guys. Let's get them all. Do <laughs> you know? But they're like I think that's all right. Going more yeah. down like that. I'd like. I I think at this point, given the MCU is is so like deep in its own bullshit, you know, like we're now. Where now, you know, characters in the show are going to Avengers mm. Con and like, and, and, and routine <laughs> mm.
2: musicals of their own life.
1: Yes, and routinely mm. we are reminded that every every you know person in the MCU knows the specific mm. events that happened in like the fight against Thanos <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Um, um, yeah. YouTubers right, making
3: told yeah. <laughs> channels dedicated. To so YouTube.
1: having having a having a superhero in the MCU makes sense, and then. Uh, uh, andrew guest i think what's really interesting here is i think something that's gone kind of like understated is like kevin feige fucking loves dan Harmon. right (laughs) the the amount of people that have been hired that have Mm. either either community or rick and morty on their Mm -hmm. on their cv is insane and like it looks to me like um I didn't know Andrew Guest by name. It looks to me like he was a writer on the early seasons of Community, but like some oh. of the... And, and I know network TV writing doesn't necessarily come down to who wrote the individual episodes, but some of the ones that his names are on the credits for are like one of the paintball episodes and the Dungeons and Dragons episode. And like, you know, uh, some of that good, like high concept stuff that that Community did really well. But like, yeah, I think if you, if, you, if you go through these Disney Plus shows... And how many of those people have at some point worked under Dan Harmon? It is, yeah. It's, <laughs> and most of those shows have someone creatively that worked that worked at Dan Harmon, and then obviously Harmon sinned, uh, well came in and did that like uncredited rewrite on Doctor Strange. And I wouldn't oh. be surprised if he's done that kind of punch up work a bunch of times since as well.
3: Do you think? Do you think Feige has in his office like just on his on one of his walls like pr- like screen capped printouts of? the credits of the first season community was on his one that like, big like red up, to yeah. everyone <laughs> And he's like oh, i get hey listen we've run out of uh you know I, i've been to sundance and no one, to, no one wanted to sign sign my contract so i guess i'll go back to the go back to the community season one
1: wall call. i need to understand the kids i don't want to work with actual kids but
3: what are the kids like <laughs> they like
1: rick and morty okay <laughs> who has ever been in those production offices <laughs>
3: And we'll do catering, we'll do... It just even in the office, right? We do the janitor, we'll just... Who's been there in the space? We'll sign them up. Let's
1: do it. <laughs> um, but you yeah, get a group show. <laughs> I guess at, at, at this point... I, 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 I do actually weirdly think, like, a... A Wonder Man series on Disney Plus is kind of more the vibe of what I want from Disney Plus than
2: like well yeah. What I was mm. going to say is Wonder Man is the sort of character that would be so difficult to do. I don't want a Wonder a Man movie. movie. I don't want yeah, like, exactly right. I
1: want I want a Ms Marvel movie. I, I I even
2: even down to the name like Wonder Man is such an awful name that I think Stanley admitted they only used because they were like well DC has a Wonder Woman but they don't have a Wonder Man so let's have our own Wonder Man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Guys, and like cast- D- DC tried to contest it and they just couldn't. So, fan cast Wonder Man, go. I've got an idea. Uh, I, I, I,
3: I don't care. Uh, <laughs> like, honestly, uh, Hen- Henry Golding. Sure. Yeah. Would anybody I think, else? <laughs> I'm sure you
1: suggested him for something on our last episode. <laughs> Basically, I think
2: I think Wonder Man as a concept is so ripe for reinvention that it, prob- it will probably be one of those things where adapting Wonder Man for the screen allows them to find the angle that actually works and maybe solidifies the comics version of the character a bit more.
1: Well, yeah, and, and maybe it's something that actually... You build around a star and kind of play on play on their persona, yeah. Rather than... Moon
2: Moonlight Moon style, maybe. Yeah, like, so take, you... take someone you want to see and put them on screen. And who's who's the, who's the actor that no that's got a
1: take? And 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 maybe maybe have a bit of like metatextual fun with their careers and also maybe the careers of some of the actors that have starred in the MCU properties. I mean
2: that that would be fun. Yeah, I I'd almost like kind of that.
1: like I'd almost kind of like to see. At like uh, maybe like an actor who's slightly on the outs, um, or like on, on, on the in the down stage of their career, maybe you know kind of kind of try and try and do the like, who is the Robert Downey Jr. of 2022?
2: <laughs> I was about to say Josh get, Hartnett.
1: <laughs> get Robert Downey Jr. to
2: cameo as himself. Someone who
1: someone who's good at comedy. I mean Ben Affleck would actually be amazing.
3: Chevy <laughs> <laughs> Chase. Too
1: old? (laughs) Maybe too too hot. hot.
3: (laughs) I think
2: I think as much as I would love to see that happen, my impression is that they'll go a bit more straight down the line with it, because nothing nothing on the TV side of Marvel has been really like properly out there. Not yet anyway. So we'll
0: see. Planning for your next trip? plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: okay so that was wonder man um reese you put on the uh, on the um on the script the emmy nominations marvel picked up some emmy nominations um, it's ridiculous. I haven't read what they are, so I'm assuming. Did spoiler alert? I don't know. Brie Larson get nominated for her role in Ms. Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything as? Yeah, on- she actually got. She got two. She got two. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, two that, yeah. my main takeaway, right? For the, the right, <laughs> I, I, I don't. The Emmys need fixing <laughs> because <laughs> it, it makes no sense that like. Just there are so many of these enormous zeitgeisty shows that everyone that everyone cares about far more than they care about the kind of movies that get nominated for Oscars. And these zeitgeisty shows are picking up nominations at the Emmys, but no one cares. And the reason no one cares is because a the the same thing that they they nominate the same shows over and over again every year their categories are so fucked up that they that they still have together TV movies and limited series. Um, <laughs> and also that limited series can fudge it. That, that, you know, something like Stranger Things can be nominated this year and next year because their two final episodes bridge the, you know, elig- eligibility gap. So the final two episodes of Volume 4 can be nominated next year. It's, <laughs> and, and, and just purely, like, that you can say, like, well, Succession led the way at the Emmys with ninety-six nominations. Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? What are we uh, like? <laughs> and, and like, I'm not saying in any way, oh, we should we should lose some of the craft stuff. Just maybe, like, I don't know, you shouldn't have eight nominated actors in guest roles from from Succession. You know? <laughs> like, like, let's let's figure out a way, uh, like, the Emmys to do this better because. It feels like if the Emmys were done right, you could really, really make like. Do like have categories for new show versus continuing show, and 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 like fuck off the movies. Don't don't have have a separate category or like do the comedy Emmys and do the drama Emmys and I don't know. It just it feels like. My reaction to the Emmys every year is just like, well, what, what stupid nominations have they handed out. <laughs> well, let me, let me, uh, I'll just to to, to look back to before
3: the stupid nomination that they gave out this year for the MCU stuff was uh, the vocal performance of um, Chadwick Boseman um, as Charles Stas Slash Star Lord in What If? Okay, uh, Jeffrey Wright in What If, and also <laughs> F. Murray Abraham as Conshu in <laughs> Moon Knight. Those are the I got. I mean, I got
1: nominated for an Oscar, Eddie.
3: I mean, it's crazy. That's <laughs> that's a crazy like, and and you know that's it. That's the list. They weren't nominated for anything else. Um, whereas last year they got they got noms for one division stuff. But it's just that's just it's just a weird look. It's just that, and it, and I think for both MCU TV and for the Emmys that you know. How, how did that happen? How did that happen? How did how did Efrim Abraham get nominated for playing Conchu?
1: How? I mean, that is That's honestly that. the only one that I'm on board with that you named so far. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> best supporting Conchu. Okay, um, hey, let's talk about a piece of news uh, in the in the MCU that I thought was um, I'd, I'd missed this news, and I was like. Oh, hey, that's fun. I hope, I really hope for everyone involved that this works out well. Um, Alden Ehrenreich has been cast in the Ironheart Mm -hmm. series. Um, So Alden Ehrenreich, who was one of these kind of like young and upcoming actors that I was like on board for early. Because I actually really liked him in the YA movie, Beautiful Creatures um and hmm. then he uh, cuz he had that and he had um a small role in stoker i think in the same year um w- and i remember being like oh i like this guy and i remember hearing him in interviews and then he has like that you know scene what well, movie stealing performance in hail caesar and you're like oh this guy you at it worse I'll see him yeah and you're like this guy is going to be the 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 next <laughs> big movie star and then gets cast in solo and there is that big bust up in the middle of production with the all powerful Lord Miller once uh, the one time in their career, they were proved to be fallible. Um, uh, it was, <laughs> he was proved to be fallible Lord Miller, um, and, and, uh, ousted from the project. And then this, you know, that this story that comes out saying that Aaron Reich was a disaster on set and that he needed to be, um, he needed to be like, um, uh, he needs to have a, a, an acting coach on, vocal coach, on, on, right, on set and, vocal, coach. And, and that it just didn't work. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I've seen Solo. I don't really have much affection for it. But even like, uh, uh, and, I, and I do think he kind of gets lost in that movie. Um, but even like more recently when Kathleen Kennedy was coming out and saying like, well, we learned our lesson from Solo. And what we learned is, you know, we shouldn't be trying to recreate these iconic characters with young directors. And I'm like, you're putting out fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi with Ewan McGregor <laughs> on Disney Plus right now. You figure <laughs> like and he was in three piece of shit movies, so like what, what <laughs> like cut Alden Error right some fucking slack? Anyway, he's gonna be in A- Ironheart um with Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams. <laughs> and I guess um Dominique Thorne was in um uh, she she was in Judas and the Black Messiah last year and She's going to, I think she's going to debut in Black Panda Wakanda Forever before she has this series. Um, Black Panda. Black Panda, yeah. Um, (laughs) That's the animated spin off. And and yeah, I'd like, um, I I wonder whether actually, because isn't Riri Williams supposed to be quite young in the comics? And I get the impression that she's maybe more of like a young adult in the mcu than sh- than she was in the comics or or am i just misreading that because i haven't actually read ironheart comics
3: i think she's like 13 in the comics that was what I, that, was, that was what i thought yeah when she's introduced
1: yeah but ha- but and
3: dominique dominique thorn is is what is like late, late teens as as, a, as an as actress maybe let's find out she is She's
1: 25. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, a, yeah, she plays... Well, older than late teens. <laughs> she plays a lot older than that in, uh, yeah, a lot older than late teens in um, in June's the Black Messiah. Um, so, yeah, presumably that is a slightly different take on that character, and I don't know, maybe then uh, Reich is 32. Maybe it would make sense that he is a love interest or a villain, I don't know. Um, I, I was going to go with
2: villain, but... I don't think they've announced who he's going to be,
1: right? No, um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm just uh, I am, I am encouraged that his career mm. is is having an upswing because basically he he wasn't in much before Solo. Um, he was mm. in Rules That Apply two years before, but that movie was kind of like super hyped and then kind of doesn't exist, and <laughs> uh, and then apparently since Solo. The only thing that's been released was uh, a TV series called Brave New World that he was in. Uh, but he is one of the 72 white men starring in Oppenheimer.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: so... wait,
2: wait, who's he playing in that?
1: Um, the Bomb. He's the Bomb. Yeah. I think he no, 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 no. Yo,
3: you absolute bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, that, we're friends. Listeners, we're friends. We aren't Joe. Are friends. We know each other. <laughs> we say the same jokes for the same setups. It's fun. It's fun. It's probably fun true. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: that that is unfair to the cast of Oppenheimer. There are a few white <laughs> women in that <it> as well. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
1: the cast. The cast to that is insane. If you like, if you if you go on yeah. to the and it's 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 not so much that they're all white men. It's just that there's so many of them and they're all names. Like, okay, so <laughs> yeah, Jack yeah. Quaid, Matthew Modine, Killian Murphy's the lead, obviously. Uh, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Kenneth Branagh, uh, Rami Malek, Gary Oldman, uh, Josh Hartner, Alden Ehrenreich, Gustav Skarsgård, one of the Skarsgårds, Dane Dehaan, Michael Angarano, uh, Josh Peck, Alex Moore, Tony, oh, okay. Tony Goldwyn, Casey Affleck, Jason Clarke, Ooh, James Gold. Darcy, wow. David Crumholtz, James right. Remar, David Dasmalchian. Like... Uh, this is crazy. I've not heard Benny yeah. Benny Safdie. He uh, just goes oh, on wow. and on and on. It's a bit- <laughs>
3: Like I reckon Oppenheimer will like go into a news agent to buy like a copy of the Financial Times, and then you know the news agent will be played by Benny Safdie, and it'll yes, yeah. be like a, a three-word performance. <laughs> no, no, it's like no. If there's a, if you see a human face in this film, <laughs> they will be played
1: by someone with a large media profile. Full <laughs> stop. Casting, casting director, go. And then go even with the, that. That's like, the female yeah. leads in the movie are Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh as well. So like. <laughs> Huge. crazy um uh so yeah uh good for Alden Ehrenreich reich and um iron is that something you would have made as a tv show rather than a movie
2: um good question i think if i if if i was kevin feige i would have been making it as a sort of hunger games style young adult focused Ooh. movie
1: Ooh. interesting Okay, should we, uh, should we finish off? So we, I think we are going to record a, a, bit of a, a bit of an extra episode this month, listeners, because um, mm. we, were, we were aware that we needed to get this episode out it, because it had been a while and we need to do a July episode. Um, we, we are fast approaching Comic-Con, and uh, we are expecting that there will be some big stuff coming out of Comic-Con, especially given that last year it kind of didn't happen. Uh, like, it was, was it virtual last year? It was virtual last Good year, right?
2: Question. I think so. And certainly, and, you know, it wasn't a huge deal if it did.
1: And just increasingly in the last few years, it's felt like uh, a lot of the a lot of the studios have been more comfortable doing like the DC Fan Zone or or you know announcing mm. something on a Disney investor call or on uh, you know even like Star Wars has its own day and its own festival now, doesn't it? Where like it's <laughs> it's touring around announcing all of its stuff. But I, I do get the sense that there might be some big Marvel announcements at Comic Con because because I think a what we we're talking about earlier in the episode that it feels like Kevin Feige needs like needs to come out and be like here is we're your doing sense-
2: secret wars next yeah
1: here is your Ooh. here is your sense of direction and, and also like come out and drop either a piece of casting. Or a director announcement that really gets people to go like, "Oh, right, okay." Like, so even if even if you've not got an Avengers movie coming, that's the big one. So the the two uh, the the things that I would be on the lookout for one is is actually the one that you've posted the the um, article about um, on our scripts, which is Kevin Feige saying that. Well, I'll, I'll read the quote. As we're nearing the end of phase four, I think people will start to see where this next saga is going. I think there have been many clues already that are at least apparent to me of where this whole saga is going. But we'll be a little more direct about that in the coming months to set a plan. So audiences who want to see the better picture can see a tiny, tiny bit more of the roadmap.
3: That feel... I like he's like uh, they're clear to they're clear to me, motherfucker. You decide. Yeah. Where the going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I actually see the hints really strongly in these movies, yeah, too, Because he yeah. Put in a cabin with all these nerds two months ago, deciding where it all goes.
1: It feels guy. like to uh, me though what what that might be is one. Um. Here is here is the movie we are building towards and whether that is a movie that we're already aware of like whether it could be actually the fantastic 4 movie is actually going to be this big like you, you know this big huge moment in the MCU and the introduction of the fantastic 4 is going to be the event in and of itself or whether it's something new like saying you know we we are doing this we're doing an adaptation of this comics event or um yeah that that kind of thing uh, but it feels like that's the that is the big announcement that would be coming and then potentially also just laying out the map of what the next phase is because i think as much as marvel was frustrated well or, or in retrospect uh i think they probably felt a little bit constrained by they announced all of phase three didn't they and had all of these movies on the on the docket and then it was a little bit of a like embarrassing step down where they did have to move movies around and <laughs> cancel eternals. Well, ca- uh, well, can- canceling humans. Cancelling humans. And then, you know, i like, I remember like, you know, us talking about release dates of movies that were years off and how, you know, it felt significant when Captain Marvel got pushed back for Spider-Man, like three years out. Um, yeah. And, Probably that's the kind of stuff that Kevin Feige would probably prefer to be happening behind closed doors. But and also
2: having having a, t- a film a film titled Thor Ragnarok definitely coming out, and then the film that actually came out,
1: yes, yeah, being yeah,
2: yeah, so tangentially related to any of that concept,
1: which really should I mean, have been like, called like Thor Planet Hulk.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: yeah, and but so. With all of that being said, I think there is, I think there was something too. And I think, you know, fans love, you know, love being able to like play mini movie executive like we do on, on this podcast or like even walking away from the cinema and go, do you know what's really interesting is they just dropped that hint to that thing and that's actually coming out, um, in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, Bet- it, it, across these five movies, I need to be spotting the hints for what's going to happen with this film. And like, I feel like at the moment, like we know stuff that's that's kind of on the docket and stuff that's happening, but like in what order? And and again, that whole that whole wider piece of what is the connective tissue and what is it building? I mean, towards.
2: for for me, the question I always end up with is like, so is that going to be a movie or is it going to be some you know crappy six episode Disney Plus mm. series that I don't care about? Like. That's why I'm struggling to get excited about the future stuff because I don't know what the context of it is. Like, well, it's well, great that they've cast X person in Y role, but when are we going to see them again, and how, like, how big is the budget going to be?
1: Like, like, hey, like, guys, we've got Mahershala Ali as Blade, and you're like, okay, I, <laughs> when, 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 and like, yeah. I, and that that felt like that, that because though I think that was the last Comic Con where they'd made significant announcements. Was mm-hmm. by the way, we're doing Fantastic Four. Here is a logo, and we've got Mahershala. And you are like, but it's it's really hard to get your head around. Well, okay, so what? So, to, but 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 when and in what and in in what context? And that we are two three years on, and that we still don't. Because I think even you know from Phase One onwards, just having Thanos there and knowing that Infinity Stones was the thing. It, it, it prevented some of this frustration from fans of going, okay, well, what's this about? Like, if, if Clear turns up at the end of Multiverse of Madness and you've got a sense of, oh, well, she could be turning up in movie X, Y, and Z, and she's definitely going to play a part in this ongoing story that they're telling, that would probably feel different to the the scene that we actually saw where you were like, oh, Charlie's saw
3: <laughs> well, it's it's so. So the thing we're talking about is it, it happened in October 2014, which was it wasn't SDCC. It wasn't the Disney Expo, but it was like uh, Feige did like a separate event at the El Capitan Theatre in L.A. I've, I've just Googled it. So that's what I'm not just going for memory. But that that was the moment where he announced and I'll give you the you know, so this is 2014, right? Uh, he announces in that moment, he does the kind of thing with the you know, there's the, the image on the screen, you get the you get the And the this graph, is this is mid
1: this is mid phase two, right? So it's before yeah, yeah, it's yeah. before Age of Ultron and before exactly. Ant Man.
3: So in twenty fourteen he and he's announcing Civil War in, in, in May twenty sixteen, Doctor Strange one in November twenty sixteen, Guardians two in twenty seventeen, Thor Ragnarok in twenty seventeen, Black Panther in twenty seventeen Avengers Infinity War Part 1, it was called then, for 2018. Captain Marvel 2018. Uh, <laughs> Inhumans, 2018, November. And <laughs> Avengers, Avengers, Avengers Infinity War Part 2 for 2019. So, so, so that was... And, and I, I, I think... I, I'm pretty sure... I think Doctor Strange was known about, but I think that basically that holds... You know, those eight films, uh, the, the other eight were not, were not confirmed projects at that point, And he's projecting five years into the future. So, 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 my question is, my question is, you know, uh, it's an open question. Are we at a moment where Feige, where he wants to, slash feels he needs to do an equivalent, right? Like, I, is this? I think. Are so. we coming up on? Is this summer the moment? And because I'm also not sure whether it's the whether it's the SDCC moment or the Disney Expo moment, which is in September. Are we getting? Are we getting the, the, the you know? I guess I guess it'll probably be phase five. To be honest, yeah, so, guess, let's, so let's
1: be, talk about that. Yeah. So, so you, you said yeah. twenty fourteen, they announced what eight yeah. eight movies up to twenty eighteen, up to twenty nineteen, so, up oh, to so twenty nineteen. Okay, so yeah. if you compare that to what we know at the moment. Mm. We know that the movie out later this year is Black Panther: kind of Forever. We know okay. that next year the three movies are Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and the Marvels. Uh huh. Yeah. And then beyond it's- beyond that, we know that in development or in active stages of pre production are. So we don't really have eight- any
3: confirmed dates past that. No, past next year. nothing beyond oh, right. nothing beyond
1: July next year. So we we have really interesting dates for next year. Beyond that, we've huh. got movies based on Fantastic Four, Blade, Deadpool, Captain America, America 4, a Shang Chi right? yeah. sequel, and Thunderbolts. Yeah. But like these, yeah. the, a lot of those are ones that have been you know announced through the trades rather than mm. you know so Captain America sequel was uh. released through the trades uh Deadpool isn't something that they've made some big announcement about or any kind of sense yeah, of how Ryan,
2: Ryan Reynolds tweeting we're working on it or,
1: most oh. of those mm. are the, the, the degree to which we know about those projects are we know the star that they're building around or we know the director or the writer that they're that that is that is shepherding them we don't we don't really know anything beyond that, and I do wonder whether actually maybe some of that stuff has been held back now for for a, a, an announcement that they've gone all right. We need... the next time we do this, it needs to feel big. And, and even the TV, even the TV, I'm just trying to think of the TV stuff that we
3: know for sure. It, it's it has those are similarly fairly limited, actually, right? Like the TV slate that they announced from you know from the off we're kind of still in, we're still in that fulfillment and and we don't necessarily, I mean, I don't, have they
1: even announced, have they actually announced Loki season two is a thing? Yeah, it was, I know yeah, what, it was know at it the end of season one. Yeah, It was on it was at the end of season one. Yeah. Okay, James, fine, James yeah. got we very angry about it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I, what I mean is we are, I think this is what we're all saying. No, that, that, again, the, the, again, again, the, t- now, the right?
1: TV stuff kind of the, the official announced stuff with like, uh, with like confirmed years is like mm. up to twenty. So we 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 know that they're doing She-Hulk, Halloween special, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy special, Secret Invasion, Iron Heart, Armor Wars, um, uh, a couple uh, of cartoons, I don't t- X- I don't, I don't, yeah, X-Men then, cartoon, the, cartoon, the cartoon stuff. But I guess that's not. Mm. I don't think that is canonical MCU. Um, and then so the moment is, and, then stuff, like, is and I mean. then stuff like, and then stuff like Echo, and you know that, that's, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> and are we gonna is this gonna be a separate thing, but Daredevil?
1: Yes. And uh, yeah, I guess let's 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 talk about that. Uh Daredevil and uh Daredevil and Kingpin are showing up in Echo. Yes. Yeah. So, so there is there is two reasons there to tune into Echo that we didn't have before. <laughs> well and um
2: Eldon Henson has re signed with a contract oh. to appear as Foggy. Oh has he? I didn't
1: oh. even didn't even oh. know that, James. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well that's because my finger's on the pulse of Daredevil stuff well, so. now
1: Breaking news. Now yeah. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, qu- quick quiz question: What happens to Foggy in season three of Daredevil? Uh, probably. <laughs> no, no, no! Don't give me a probably. What's your la- season four, right? No, no what? three. What's the? What's your last recollection of of Foggy? My, and...
2: my last recollection of Foggy
1: is um,
2: Foggy. Foggy. Yeah, Foggy. No, and... I'm saying
1: it's it's Foggy to say the least.
2: It's not Foggy. I clearly remember the scene <laughs> of um. <laughs> Uh, Matt and Foggy and Karen sitting in a coffee shop declaring that they would bring Karen in as a full partner to their <laughs> law practice and having an optimistic note of starting up Nelson and Murdoch.
1: I genuinely can't re- can't remember a moment of Foggy beyond season one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I would be more up for Karen coming back, I think, than...
2: I think I think bring it both back. I really yeah. liked Eldon Henson as Foggy. I thought it was a really good take on the character.
1: And it, yeah, and it sounds like the the rumors are that more Daredevil TV shows rather than movies at the moment. Sure, fair enough. Probably makes sense, doesn't it?
2: Disappoint me again. I don't mind.
1: <laughs> still, just still, just a fundamentally good character. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, I the, and you know and good actors and. Um, I'm excited to see them on the screen again. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I yeah. probably should have talked about that earlier. Anyway, back to the big <laughs> announcements. What are you, so, mm-hmm. so? What do we think if we had to predict what? What is the big thing that they are building towards? What, I, what, my what, prediction... what is the what is the Secret Wars? Yeah, well, it,
2: this. My my prediction is that they're going to announce an Avengers movie and it's going to have a subtitle that implies what the story is. For example,
1: mm-hmm. Avengers
2: Secret Wars.
3: Can I my only counterpoint to that, Reese counterpoint is that I just I do wonder because because the the last saga or big saga ended with you know Infinity War is the first <laughs> half. I just wonder whether they'll use that word again. That's my it's uh, my only thought. So you know the story might be the same, but will they find a different? Will they will they pick a different word? Will it be Avengers Contest of Champions <laughs> maybe or such something else?
1: You plagiarized that from me.
3: <laughs> awesome, <that's correct. laughs> just they'll do that it'll be the probably the hick i think it'll be the hickman secret wars actual story and with the uh, doctor do with it all and, and Reed richards etc yeah it, but i just don't know that they'll call it that i i, 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 I feel like
1: secret wars could be something that they say like like look we're setting in motion but it's not something i would expect to see as like the next major yeah I-, I can imagine like almost like Secret Wars is right at this moment like showing Thanos at the end of Avengers. Yeah. You're at you're at the end of your first phase in the in the second saga and Secret Wars could be the thing that you're building towards but I don't think it's the thing that you drop in now. Yeah. I think it's um... I think it's the thing that you build towards five to 10 years from now and the reason in the meantime that there are a lot of big things that can happen before you get there like the fantastic four and like mutants and and avengers-esque movies that aren't avengers movies so young avengers thunderbolts Mm -hmm. uh all all of that kind of stuff
2: the the Um... main reason i think they're not going to do secret war so quickly is because it it gives them a really good opportunity to do a bit of a universe reboot. So it's sort mm. of, it's a good card to hold on yeah. to until yeah. late in the day. Cause you can, you can say, you know, the Marvel universe will be completely different. You can do the Hickman Avengers story where, you know, all the has collapse into a new one and you can bring back uh, someone as Iron Man or someone as Captain America. You know, you can do a refresh, which you know, twenty thirty years on is going to feel fair enough. But um, yeah, I think I think definitely an Avengers movie, maybe an X Men announcement, but um, probably not outright Secret Wars at this point.
1: I I could do I think- could see because that's that's what I think. Like I think the short term things that you build towards are here is here is how we are going to start doing it, X-Men and Mutants in the MCU. Because now they've actually dropped the word, it feels like something that you do soon. And then I think the Fantastic Four announcement is going to be the director, and I think it's going to be... Uh, I mean, there's there's been rumours, isn't hasn't there, that that he's that Feige's been going after a lot of big names, Spielberg, and that Spielberg right? is the one that's been rumored. Now, I don't for one minute think. I mean, I I, I wouldn't. I I'm not going to say here that's not happening. Uh, but you
3: could see Zemeckis doing
1: like a fantastic. No, game. but I I, I think that's even I it. think I don't think Zemeckis would be the would be the draw right now. Um, it could uh, maybe it could be John
3: Carpenter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think maybe We're it's maybe it. it's someone coming back, or maybe it's someone who has you know helmed Just like, a, a, like <laughs> a massive project out, outside of outside of the MCU, you know, within the last, you know, like a blockbuster director, like. I don't know, not Michael Bay. Abrams. But someone like Michael Bay. Yeah, like a JJ Abrams. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um or let's on, let's let's, let's let's dreamcast it. We finally let Jim Jim Cameron do his um his superhero movie. <sighs> Because like Cameron would make mm. a lot more sense to me weirdly than, yeah, yeah, than Spielberg yeah. because he's yeah. wanted to play in that kind of yeah and he's before. and he's
2: missed a franchise but also he's so booked up with Avatar for the rest of his and life he's
3: missed it but he's missed a Disney and he also hasn't he said this week he's, or the yeah, other week he's, he, he might not direct four and five yeah he's in,
1: intimated that beyond mm. the next one he might not do it so yeah I I think I, I, I think Fantastic Four director a mm. long term aim and then. Solidi- solidifying some of the stuff that we, you know, are kind of speculating about coming already by, like, putting putting a line in the sand and maybe, yeah, maybe it's Young Avengers versus Thunderbolts or it's, you know, some, something like that. And I could, I really, I, I think that a versus movie would make a lot of sense again, given, given the way that they are putting together teams. Um,
3: you could see them announce an X-Men film and a young Avengers film, and a film called Avengers vs. X Men. I, I, I can see that. I can see that. that's that's a pretty simple.
2: Nah, too early, you know, too early sort of... again. Too early. Okay. 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 X Men versus Street Fighter. Let's have that
3: <laughs> done.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think I, I think that's I think that's all of our I think that's all of our news and and yeah, hopefully when we do reconvene to talk about um to talk about Comic Con, we've got we've got some of that firm stuff to talk about because I mean it's for, for me like I, I don't I don't need all of that stuff, but I do uh, like I, I don't need all of those things to enjoy a good MCU movie, but I think when the MCU movies are a kind of more middling in quality. Um,
2: <laughs> you need that's... to feel like you're watching them for a reason beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, mm-hmm. why,
1: why, am, yeah. why, why yeah. am I tuning into all of this stuff that feels like it's all <laughs> tepid? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, it is it like con- convince me that I still need to turn up to all of these? Or, or
3: I guess like filler only works if if you know what you're, you're what you're filling in. Yeah, right? like. Like you know, filler doesn't work if it's filler for a goal that you don't, you don't, you're just not clear on, or or, you, and you're not invested in.
1: Or let, or, or let me know that this, you know, that as the, as they did with some of those movies, that this isn't something that you know that is going to massively play towards the overall saga, and that this this is mm. one of those more like fun standalone ones, you know.
3: Right, and having and yes, and having a. Having a kind of a serious endpoint allows you to then position things in opposition to that whereas because at the moment everything is just atomized doing its own thing with you know with and there's no wider purpose whereas yeah if there was a purpose you could then have things that would play into that play against that you know obliquely uh do things that are more like um you know the Buffy episode, the, was it the world one where Zander's like aside from all the action. You know, you can do, <laughs> there's if part. there's a wider picture, yeah, you can do stuff. Or you can do stuff all linked to that,
1: all linked to that. Yeah. But they ha- they don't have that moment. No. I'm also going to throw out this this small prediction. Um, I I still think Kang is a bigger deal even than 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 we think. And I and I and I again, I could see really, yeah, I I could see I could see Kang being a like a a mini Thanos. Um, on the uh, like, or, or part, or part of the journey towards Secret Wars, like Doctor Strange, you're <laughs> fucking with the multiverse. you um, uh, you've, you've uh, the Avengers already fucked around with time, and, um, and yeah, him being one of the kind of one of the architects towards getting there. Hey, maybe, maybe as well, I throw this out there. Maybe we get a Doctor Doom announcement, ca- casting announcement. Yeah, I think so. I, I th- could see us. I could see us hearing who Doom is before we hear who the who the whole family are.
3: C- can I? Can I just? My prediction is that for SDCC, the only big bit of red meat we get is we do get Fantastic Four cast, including Doom and director, and then it's Disney. It's Disney Expo in September that we get that the lays full out the Phase yeah. Five thing. That's there. We go. That's my. That's my take, James.
2: I, I already did my...
1: Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and and, and Reese, what was it? Um Yeah, I
3: it was wonderful. It was so it was really <laughs> it was excellent and Okay. Totally I think totally
2: I think we're out. done this week.
1: <laughs> uh. Uh, James James predicted that he was playing the bomb. Um, okay, so that that is it for uh, our July edition of uh, main feed cinematic universe. I just say we'll be back with some San Diego Comic Con reaction, which hopefully as well we'll have some some non MCU stuff coming out of it as well. Um, and then yeah, head over to the Patreon feed. You can catch up with all of our Ms Marvel episodes. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder will be dropping later this week. When we also drag ourselves also. to a cinema. And also. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a good
2: one. <laughs> I'm doing a series of blog posts reading through Sensational She Hulk, which is exclusive to Patreon.
1: And, James, if all these listeners want to read along, is that on, uh, is that on Marvel Unlimited? Is most, it on Comicology? Most,
2: most of it is on Marvel Unlimited Comicsology, but there are some. There are big chunks of the run which are quite hard to find. And that's part of the reason I'm doing this, is because it's difficult otherwise to see what was actually going on in that series, because there are. They collected all the burn stuff and some of the other stuff, but also lots of it just isn't available yet. I've got the physical issues for every every comic in that series <laughs> at great personal expense. I'll have you know.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: your comics are your tomb, James. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, uh, ch- check all that out on the Patreon feed. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.